just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show. Bro, Christmas week edition, Wednesday of Christmas week. Uh, I love Christmas so much, and like always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime. Not just Christmas week, Ryan, birthday week for you. Yes, sir. Happy birthday yesterday, Ryan. Um, Thank you. 25? Yes, sir. 25, let's go. Yes, sir. About to have that quarter-life crisis. Yes, sir. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was a bad introduction. As always, brought to you with my my uh, partner in crime, my co-host Ryan. Ryan, buddy, how's it going? I'm doing good, Mark. Yeah, doing so good. real good. Christmas week, birthday week, sports mm-hmm. galore. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Everything about it is great. A, a bunch of people were complaining. So, um, let's just get this out in the open right now. This is going to be heavy NFL recap. Um, college bowls are sprinkled you know, throughout, but, um, I think that we're going to get bigger into next week, talking more about the really, really big bowl games, uh, breaking those down. Cause next week's when we're going to have the, uh, the playoff and everything like that. Um, NBA basketball is in full swing, college basketball is in full swing. Uh, we had a number of NFL games rescheduled this week, uh, to either, you know, Monday or Tuesday, which some people like, were like, Oh, it's the never ending week 15. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's sweet mm-hmm. that it just never ends and we can just keep watching football every day. Um, but full disclosure, uh, I went to the University of Dayton Flyers game last night. They won. They tried everything that they could to lose that game. Yeah, um, literally. <laughs> yeah seriously. Like, like turning the ball over, they looked like they'd never seen a full court press before in their life. Um, it was insane. They were up 22 at one point, and then they were only up like four at a certain point. It was crazy. Um, so didn't watch a ton of the games last night. Uh, I watched a little bit of the end of Philadelphia, Washington when I got home. Um, but I don't think we're going to hit on those two games much at all. I know that you said yeah. you were watching, watching the right state Raiders get a win too. Over North um, Carolina state. Yes. Over North Carolina, NC state was, which is big. I mean, beating any kind of power mm-hmm. five program as a horizon league team is freaking sweet. Yes, um, it is. So not be beating like Kansas good, but Hey, yes. it's still good for a program like Wright state. Yes. Uh, and whenever that's what makes college basketball so much fun before we get in the NFL, this is total mm-hmm. side tangent. Like always college basketball, feels like any day, any team can win. It's not like college yeah. football where college football, it seems like so top heavy and you know what you're going to get when two teams play. Like we're going to get more into it with Alabama, uh, Cincinnati. That's like, yeah. there's nothing in Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. They, they were able to handle everybody on their schedule. Like, at the end of the year, they started looking really, really good. There's a jump mm-hmm. from Cincinnati to Alabama. 
there just is. Yeah. Like it's it's very apparent. And There's a but, reason that they're the three thirty game as opposed to like the primetime game. Yes. Uh but in college basketball, it just feels like it doesn't matter if you're a power five or a mid-major. Mid-majors, I mean, we saw it with Davidson last night beat, beat mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah, they beat Alabama. Uh, and Alabama's a good, good team. Yeah. They're really well coached and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just – I love college basketball. It's the best thing. It is um, great. It's the best thing. It's so it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to get into some NFL football. Uh, a pretty exciting, fun weekend. Um, like, like we said, it lasted for forever. Um, it started with the awesome Kansas City uh, Chargers game that was on Thursday. Uh, Kansas City continues to roll through their schedule, and now they have COVID rolling through their their program. Yeah, um, I'm just going to get of course, this out. They play the Steelers this week too. Yeah, I'm just going to get that out there. Get this out there right now. I said it this morning. You know what? If if Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey can't play, I think it's only right that Patrick Mahomes decides to sit out too in solidarity with those two guys and just kind of. <laughs> Just I know what you're trying to do here. Take, it ain't take, gonna work. Take this week off. You're not gonna have your best weapons. It's all good. Just go ahead, chill out. Um, you know, you you're you've won like 10 straight, so you don't really need to win 11 straight. Um yeah, they're rolling now. Yeah. So just if Pat, this is I'm I'm telling you right now, you want to sit out this week, all good, understandable. Um anyway, <laughs> uh Let's get into this past weekend's games. Start on Saturday. I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. I was busy watching bowl games, and then all of a sudden I went, oh, shoot, I forgot there actually is an NFL game on today. The Indianapolis Colts beat the New England Patriots at home 27-17. Um, I have my thoughts on this, Ryan, but I've been rambling on to start this show a little bit too much. So go ahead and give me kind of your thoughts on on New England, Indianapolis, everything. I'm going to start with this. I think the Colts are for real. Mm-hmm. They're a team. I don't think anybody wants to play the Colts in the playoffs. Like they've, you know, they got up to a really slow start, but they, I think they figured it out. Jonathan Taylor is a beast. Mm-hmm. He's kind mm-hmm. of taken. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry got hurt, but he's kind of like that new big workhorse in the league. Mm-hmm. And Carson Wentz, I think they found the recipe where it's like they're going to rely on him. Don't force Carson Wentz to do too much. Um, their defense is really good too. They're just a very well coached team. Yes. And, I was a little surprised that they dominated New England the way they did just based on how they were playing. I thought the Patriots were going to win just because it, it always seems like the Patriots have the Colts number, but mm-hmm. I was wrong. And when they finally kind of came back and made it a close game, you know, Jonathan Taylor just like house call, like he's like yeah. ball game sort of iced thing. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think what we're on the same wavelength with this, they found their identity. Like mm-hmm. the Colts know what they are. They're a run the ball first team physical. They have a really good offensive line. Yeah. Their defense is really solid. And, and, and it's not just Jonathan Taylor, like mm. uh, 19 Hines. He, they use him more in the passing game. He's really good. Uh, they got Marlon Mack, who still productive. So they have, a, it's not just Jonathan Taylor who could beat you sort of thing. They got, yeah. you know, they got other guys. Um, I mean, they still have T.Y. Hilton, who I don't think he's as good as. And he might be near the end of his prime, but he's still a good receiver. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a big Michael Pittman the junior guy too. Yeah, yeah, fan of him. Um, yeah, and and the the craziest thing is like the Patriots usually want to take away what you do best and make you play left handed kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. and they couldn't even they couldn't do that with with the Colts. Like the Colts were still yeah. able to run the ball really efficiently. They had 5.3 yards per play. Um which is just unheard of. They had 200 and 
26 yards was like you said, uh, the brunch of it came on that what like 75 yard touchdown run at the very end yeah. of the game to put it yeah, away. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor had a bunch of carries. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like 29. Yeah, because they actually kind of slowed him down for the most part. Like mm-hmm. most of kind of like what you said, like most of his yards were just based on that long run at the end of the game. Yeah. So they 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 did kind of they tried to keep him in check. They they really couldn't. And this is the funniest stat line ever, Ryan. Carson Wentz, like you mentioned, don't make him do too much. They literally did not make him do too much at all. Yeah. He was he was five for 12, 57 yeah. yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. That is yeah. just that is so it's crazy how fun like far he's fallen from like uh MVP. Like, did he win the MVP his second year in the league? Uh no, he was in the conversation. Then remember that's when he when he tore his ACL team. and then won yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And just how far he's fallen as the injuries have. Mm-hmm been a big part of that but um yeah just it's amazing to me how far he's fallen kind mm-hmm. of from them but he's still a productive because frank reich was his oc in philadelphia when he was very successful so he knows how to use wins yeah and they, and they found their identity kind of like what we were talking about and they and, made some other plays in this game too like on special teams they had the block punt for a touchdown mm-hmm. and and i don't think by any means that the patriots are done and out of it no, uh no i Never just did. don't I never doubt Belichick. No, I won't. I won't. And so I think they get the bills again this week. Um, I think that they can handle the bills a good little bit uh, because I just think that they match up really well against the bills. They're two and a half point favorites right now. Belichick kind of owns Buffalo too. Yeah. And it's it's in Foxborough. Yep. They're not going to drop one at home to Buffalo. No. So uh, it should be a really big game. I, I don't think New England's out of it. I don't think, you know, this doesn't define them being a good or Are they still a top team, the AFC seed-wise? Yes, I think so. I think they're two or three. But I think it's going to be hard for them to now catch Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas uh, City's back. Yes, because Kansas City, as we mentioned, is rolling. But, again, COVID, just go ahead, sit out. Let's play the game as it's supposed to be played. Um, forfeit, if you have to forfeit, I would understand. I, I, I really would. Uh, nothing against nothing against them. But, but nobody gets um, paid, though. So, Oh, if they forfeit? Yeah. Well, they already make a bunch of money. Just go ahead and it's okay. Just sit them out. It's okay. You know, you know how much money Patrick Mahomes makes? Way too much money. He can Those sit out one paycheck. But what if you're like a bottom of the roster sort of guy? You need that money. Nah. Pat Mahomes will pay him. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yes, I agree with you. I think Col- the Colts are legit. The Colts are a team that is – they, they zig when everybody else is zagging. They're a punch-you-in-the-mouth team. They are – they're going to come after you. Quentin Nelson is one of my all-time favorite football players ever, um, and he just mulls dudes up front. And then defensively, yeah, they get they get t- uh, turnovers and are just a really, really solid team. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I turned on that game. It was like 21-0 to zero already, and I went, oh, the Colts. What the heck's going on? Or 20-0, to zero, whatever the case was. Um, and then – as New England started to chip away, like you said, chip away, I was like, ah, here comes here come the Patriots. And then that yep. long run happened. I went game, ball game. That's it. It's over. I mean, I, I like to watch close games. I was more rooting for like a close game sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. more fun to watch than blowouts if it's not your team. I agree. Um, um, but do you have anything else from this? Yeah, I think, I think we covered it all. Um, so let's move on to Sunday's slate. Uh, a, a ton of just interesting games in the way that it all played out. Let's start with this. Probably one of the biggest shockers of the day. 
the Arizona Cardinals go to Detroit and drop one to the Lions, 30-12. to 12. Now, later on this week, uh, our second episode, um, Christmas, uh, full disclosure, we are going to have kind of a different episode when it comes up to um, how we usually preview the upcoming weekend. Uh, me and Ryan have decided on something, and we, we got something cooking. So, uh, But this is kind of a little bit of a teaser to that. Ryan, I'm just going to lead off with this. How do you feel about Dan Campbell? How can I love that guy? Like, I, you saw his uh, locker room speech at the end of the game. He's fired mm-hmm. up. I think that those players, they love that guy. I think they would run through a brick wall for him. Yes, he's awesome. He is awesome. Like, he – Detroit has no business even trying to win games at this point in the season. Like, when you look mm-hmm. at teams like Jacksonville – in Houston now obviously they played each other this weekend um so it was a little bit different but these teams late in the year that are like okay our season's over and they just kind of roll over on their back and show their belly yeah. kind of thing Detroit is not going to do that. they just keep no. fighting and they keep fighting and they they did look better than Arizona top to bottom in this game it was it was shocking to watch I agree I mean so, Dan Campbell you know he's a football guy Mm-hmm. Uh, players coach they're gonna keep fighting sort of thing mm-hmm. i mean they and, don't have much talent on like on their team for the most part like i don't i don't think jared goff is a terrible quarterback i, I think they could ride with him for a few more years but I, I think they just need he's a couple more playmakers yeah um and ali said it best I, I think that when it comes to detroit like i think it all comes down to how they draft because i think dan campbell can mm-hmm. he can sell free agents on on Detroit um and I think that he he, the guys that are there already like you said they buy into him he's a player's coach and they love him and they're going to do anything for him now it's getting good young talent in as as draft picks and things like that and here's a question for you before we move on to the Cardinals and kind of where they're going right now with the golf situation in Detroit do you think that he's maybe not long term? I'm not going to say long term because long term, I think four, five, six years. Do you think he's yeah, their starter for the next year or two? I agree. Yeah, no, I'd say so. I mean, there's really no good, no quarterback perspective going to top ten this year. Like, we may have one quarterback taken in the first round this year. Yeah, that's just, I, I don't even really know if there will be one taken. I, I think there will, honestly, but it depends. Like, it dep- we, we, no, go on. We just don't really know. Sort. Of, I think it's too early to kind of know those sort of things. A lot, a lot, a lot still has to happen. Like, you know, we still got to know who's coming out, sort of thing. I think yeah. mostly every, like with the quarterbacks. Like, is Matt Corral coming out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I mean, is he going to be a first rounder? I think that he was projecting to be one in the middle of the season. I think that kind of died off when Pickett started catching a bunch of, uh, like, when Pickett started looking really, really good. Yeah. So yeah, I think we can agree. Pickett's going to be the top guy taken. But. Yeah, I think so too. And I think what you said, it, it all depends on how. It depends on what happens in free agency as well, because there are going to be a couple of big names that are going to be out there. Um, oh, that with, is very true too. Yes, w- with the possibility to land in other spots. So, um, but I do think I, I don't think golf is bad. I, yeah, I don't either. I mean. He got the – I mean, the Rams is to a Super Bowl for a reason. Like, you got to yeah. give him some credit for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so, 
like I don't think he's terrible, terrible, but I think that if something were to fall in Detroit's lap, lap they wouldn't say no to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think he'd be an interesting trade piece because I think a, a, a contender or maybe like a borderline team that maybe a quarterback away would be, in, would be interesting. Would yes. be interested in him. Sort of thing. Yes. It would be a guy like a Carson Wentz. Like all the pieces around him are good. Yeah. And like honestly, I think if you put Jared Goff in Denver, I think um, that'd be a really good fit for him. I think oh, he yeah. could be the guy who could take them to the next level because they got a t- two great running backs, some good young receivers, and mm-hmm. good tight end, pretty solid O line, good defense. They they the Broncos have consistently kind of been a quarterback away. Yeah, yeah, which we saw with Peyton Manning when he was there. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, um, and since they lost Manning, they've always had a good defense and good offensive playmakers. They've just always been like a quarterback away sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which he could be the guy you plug in. He just, he does the job mm-hmm. that you need to get done. Which is what they've been trying to do since that Manning retired and they haven't really found that guy mm-hmm. sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but on the other side of this game, Arizona, what do you, what do you make of them? Cause I don't think it's, I don't think it's a DeAndre Hopkins being out thing. No. We've, we've already seen they him. won some games without him and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. G- give me your thoughts. I just – I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury sort of thing. Like, I don't think he's that g- great of a coach. Like, everybody was flipping, oh, he should be coach of the year, this or that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Because remember last year, they had they had one of the wild card spots, like, in line. So, all, all they did was win one of their last two games, and they faced a depleted 49ers team, I think with – depleted both sides of the ball, I think with Nick mm-hmm. Mullen starting, and then banged up Rams team with – it wasn't even Goff who started the game. It was a backup. I forget mm-hmm. what his name was. And he started the playoff game. And they lost both games sort of thing. Like, yeah. And, and do you remember in the Rams game, like, on a key point late in the game, he called, like, a speed option on a third and 18. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kyler Murray's playing with, like, a bad foot or a bad ankle or something. Yeah. It's just like, Cliff Kingsbury, what are you doing? You're supposed to be this offensive genius sort of thing. Yeah. And I've heard it floated around, too, that it might be that, like, maybe it's more – Kyler bailing out Cliff than it is Cliff. Being, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's the only reason Kyler went number one is because they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, yeah. So, and I do think Kyler is really, really, really good. I think so we, too. Yeah, we he now, does what he does very well. You know, mm-hmm. he's a, he's generously listed at five ten, but mm-hmm. he does a great job. Scrim- he doesn't take big hits. He's a baseball player like Russell Wilson, so he knows how to slide. He's got a cannon for an arm. He, mm-hmm. you know, can make pretty much any throw and it's you know the issue I, is I, I, mean, I, I agree with you. he kind of bails out cliff kingsbury at times. yeah the issue is when he does take the big hits though it's like detrimental mm-hmm. we've seen it's detrimental to his health like he he cannot yeah. like hold it, up. how many games did he miss this year uh heard the last play of the packers game he missed like four games or four weeks straight three games i think it was yeah and yeah. they're fortunate that they went two and one in those games too because mm-hmm. colt mccoy balled out like yes uh, but you're only um, going to get so much Colt McCoy magic, right? Right. You know, yeah. I agree. And James Conner has been huge for them this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they, not only DeAndre, but, you know, they picked up Zach Ertz, who's been a key weapon for them. A.J. Green's, you know, played well for them. They got Christian Kirk. Uh, mm-hmm. Who else has played well for them? Rondale Moore. I haven't heard his name in a couple of weeks, but he was got off to a really good start this season. Yeah. And they got – and also they have some – defensively they had some big-name guys too. Like, J.J. Watt, he's been out for, like, the past two months, sort of. Yeah. Thing, but, 
but I'm trying to get, have any other big injuries or anything. Like yeah, that, I mean, but. they just they just got body bagged by Detroit. Like Detroit, mm-hmm. when I was when they would show clips of that game on on Red Zone, shout out Red Zone, they just looked like they were just being out physical at every point of the game. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, I'm, I'm I, I checked the score. I'm like, holy crap! Like, yeah. Because you always do for a game like that year where, like, a really bad team just kind of mops the floor with, like, it's almost like an unexpected sort of game. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say this because it's the NFL and everybody's in the NFL for a reason, but do you feel maybe the Cardinals just didn't get up for the Lions? Probably. Probably. I I think that has something to do with it. And, you know, they got punched in the mouth. They just were never able to recover sort of thing. It's it's that human element of football where it's like, it, you know you're playing a lesser than opponent, so you yeah, may, it's, oh, we got an easy yeah. game. Like we don't we don't have to be as folk, you know. And the, the Lions are well. I think Dan Campbell's going. They're going to show up and fight no matter what who they're playing, what the score mm-hmm. is. And I just think they love that underdog mentality. And now they've won two games, yes. sort of thing. And they're just. I think I think they were. You you can't sleep on a team like the Lions, sort of. Thing. No. No, you know, they you, gave the Rams a really good game this year. Um, I mean, they, I mean, they played a bunch of games close. Like, yeah, they know, almost, almost beat the Ravens. Uh, yeah, if, if Dustin they honestly should have beaten the Ravens. That should have, yeah, they should have had a delay a game call. That should have ended the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and then Justin Tucker hits that sixty-six yarder to, to mm-hmm. win it. Like, yeah, it's they've played a bunch of teams really, really, really tough. They play Atlanta this week. Who they they're probably going to give Atlanta a good game. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with that. I don't know if I don't know if they beat them, but they they they're going to give Atlanta mm-hmm. a good game. Uh, I'm just checking the schedules. The week after they play the Seahawks, I do think that they can they beat the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are shambles. Um, yeah, and I don't know what's wrong with them. And then well, a lot of injuries for them. I, I we'll cover them another time. Yes, but. and and then I don't. It depends on how locked up they, they end the season with green bay it depends on how locked up green bay is and who they play and what they do in that last game but you could see them win one maybe potentially two more of these last couple games and go into the offseason actually feeling pretty good about the franchise yeah. moving forward as it pertains to detroit you know what i mean like yeah and i feel like for them with the number one pick it would be great if they hired well not hired if they drafted aiden hutchinson because he's a mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Home t- that, hometown kid. I don't know if he's actually from Detroit. But I know he's from Michigan. I think that would be a fan favorite selection, sort of. Yeah, thing. it'd be a, it'd be a perfect fit too. Just a yeah. perfect fit. Um, he's a guy with like an endless motor. Like he seems like yeah. a he seems like a Dan Campbell guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, staying in the NFC North, let's go ahead and go to uh another about Sunday afternoon game, Green Bay Baltimore, um. I have a couple thoughts right off the bat. Tyler Huntley, not bad. No. How, I'm amazed that guy went undrafted, if we're, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, I forgot he went to Utah. Not going to yeah. lie to you. Um, he played with Zach Moss there. Mm-hmm. I, I think, if I recall correctly, I remember seeing this, because they had well, when they were there last year at Utah, which might seem ages ago, 2019, they had the chance to make the playoff. They were ranked number four at one point, and then they lost to Oregon in the uh, big – no, the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. I know they had Huntley and Zach Moss. They're both Florida boys sort of mm-hmm. thing where they turned down going to like, I think, University of Florida to play at Utah. Yeah. Um. So he's good. First, first Baltimore Ravens quarterback to ever run for two touchdowns and uh, throw for two touchdowns in a game. I think that yeah. was it. Yeah. Lamar hasn't even done that, which is yeah. crazy. Which is insane. Joe Flacco never did it. No, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Joe Flacco um, wasn't exactly a runner, but no, he wasn't. Uh, but Green Bay ends up holding on. Now, before I go back to Baltimore, and I really, really want to discuss this with you because I really want your mindset on the two-point conversion. Green Bay, they do look like there are times where I'm like, why are they in man when you have a mobile quarterback? So if you're if they're playing teams with more mobile quarterbacks, that could get them into a little bit of a jam because when you're playing man, your back is to like the quarterback. So when if ever if he gets enough time, he can and that's what Huntley was doing. He was getting just mm-hmm. enough time to get out of the pocket and make up a bunch of yards. Mm-hmm. Um and so I worry with that. But I just don't worry with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I say it, it, it feels like every week and every episode um, that he makes plays that it just doesn't make sense how he does. It. Like, I don't understand how he rolls out to his left and then he's able to, he breaks every rule of throwing the ball where he rolls out to his left. Throws it the side of the field. <laughs> yes. Flips his body around is up. Like he, he jumps up in the air and throws the ball across the field, and it still is like a perfect pass. It makes no sense. It breaks every rule of what you're supposed to do throwing the ball. Right. But he's just so immensely talented that it's I'm, – I'm not going to count him out anymore, and I think Green Bay is screwed up with getting on his bad side because he's a guy I think – I think, yeah, we've discussed this many times about yes. that. He's got another four to five fantastic years. Kind of like in Brady, because, honestly, yes. how Brady's ended. It's, it's insane. It's insane. But – I, all right. I want your thought on this, Ryan. When Baltimore's going for two at the end of that game, do you think that was a good or a bad call? Because people are on on each side of the fence, and I want your thought, and then I'm gonna give my thought. Well, Baltimore, they're a very aggressive team. They've actually lost three games in a row on kind of the same thing. They tried going for two, and they didn't get it mm-hmm. because against you saw against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it against the Browns in an early point, which kind of helped seal almost seal the game because it made it, it was 24 15. So it made them uh, a three still down nine points as opposed to seven or eight mm-hmm. if they were the uh, kick the extra point. But I, I think they viewed it like this they're obviously they're a very banged up and depleted team. It's like, do we really want to go with Aaron Rodgers? Like, do we trust our defense to stop him? Mm-hmm. And it's because there's still time left on the clock. And it's kind of like, why not go for the win and hope we can just. I mean, the players wanted to go for it. Did you see like the little, they had them mic'd up, but even when they didn't get it, it was like, you know, that's on us, coach. We, we got your back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrews said that to Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was more, they're playing Aaron Rodgers. And it's kind of like, let's try to go for the win and then see if we can stop them with the lead as opposed to let's, let's, let's not play for overtime. Let's go, let's go for the wins. Like yes. let's tr- let's try to get a potential knockout punch here, mm-hmm. now and hope that we can, you know, stop you know not help get them in the field goal range sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I don't know how many timeouts the Green Bay had left. I think they had one. Like they had like one. Oh, okay. One timeout with like forty seconds left on the clock. And Rogers is the type of guy where you don't need to give him any timeouts. He'll get you down the field. I remember yes. the San Francisco game earlier this year, where it was like the 49ers scored too early. And Rodgers got them down the field just like that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So here's – I completely agree with what you're saying. Because if you were to take and, – and if you take Team A, Team B, I don't care who they are, okay? Team A, Team B. Team A has been leading the entire game. They're up by 14 points with five minutes left. 
and Team B scores, gets a stop, scores. Now the momentum is on Team B's side. And now my thought process is, yes, you have the momentum on your side. Go ahead, go for two, try to win. Yes, that, that makes complete sense to me. This is why I didn't understand why they did it against Pittsburgh and why I didn't understand why they did it on Sunday. Because when you, when you actually put the teams in there, they have, the Baltimore Ravens, have the best special teams weapon in the league. In Justin yeah. Tucker. Like, mm-hmm. so, even it's if... It's unfair, honestly. Yes, it's insane. So, you know he's basically automatic making that extra point. He is going mm-hmm. to make that extra point, okay? You're going to tie up the game. If you don't get the ball to start overtime and you give it to Aaron Rodgers, all you got to do is just stop them from scoring a touchdown, which they, they again, had the momentum on their side. They had yeah. been stopping them defensively. Like, it had looked pretty good. Even if they kick a field goal and they're up three, then you get the ball. And once you pass the 50-yard line, you're in Tucker's range again. Like, once you get there, you then can tie it up once again, if not just going for the touchdown. So, I would agree with the fact of go for it, stick to your guns, be aggressive, do all these things. If – they didn't have a guy like Justin Tucker who has shown throughout history that in close games, that guy changes everything for your team. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I would take it one step further. I think Baltimore's got the best special teams unit in the league. Yes. Not just – I feel like they always make some big play on special teams. They seem to do it against the Browns every time they play, <laughs> whether it's they'll block a field goal or – Someone will just make a play sort of thing. Yeah, and so it's – I just I, – I don't know. I don't know. It's – it makes no sense why why they did that, and I just – it's mad. I, mean, I think the reason they went for two against Pittsburgh is because – remember, they lost Marlon Humphrey that game. Their secondary was depleted, and maybe they, they just didn't want to potentially go to overtime with a banged-up secondary, which – Honestly, hasn't their defense has not been great this year, but it hasn't been terrible. Like, I mean, they've, yeah. they've made up a ton of big plays, but um, you know, they've still like their defense hasn't been uh, like just pitiful sort of thing. Like, yeah, it's had its moments. You know, they've made plays when they've needed to, but they haven't been like all. You know, they haven't been great at times. But they, I don't think they've been like the worst unit in the league. No, no. Yeah, and so because they're just a very well coached team, and I yeah. 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 <laughs> They are. I've it's it, it, it's maddening. Yeah. It's maddening. Um, but I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get why if you have this guy who is, I mean, literally thirty one other teams would say we would trade our kicker for Justin Tucker right now. There's thirty one I mean, other. Teams. I would I would give him Chase McLaughlin in a heartbeat. Yes. Like, why are you keeping that guy on the sidelines? Use him. Use him as much as you can, kind of thing. So. I don't know. I, I also don't get paid a ton of money to to coach and I'm not on the sidelines and I'm not feeling what the players are saying and feeling as well. So I, but that's just kind of my thought process on it. Um, and I, you have a good point, Ryan, you do, you would have to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, who literally five minutes ago, I was just praising him for how awesome mm-hmm. he is. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. If they get the two point conversion, it's a different story. Like we're, we're not having this discussion, 
Yeah. But this is now the second or third time, like you said, that this has happened and it's burned Baltimore for a loss that it's I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm glad they lost. I, I didn't want them to win, but it, as an objective football fan, I'm like, what are they doing? What is even going on? So, right. No, um, I, I understand. It's always easy to like beat up a decision like that when it doesn't work out. It's one of those, like, if it works out, oh, what a great and gutsy call it worked. And it's like, mm-hmm. but when it doesn't, it's like, why did they do that? Why did they take that risk sort of thing? It's exactly. kind of like. Exactly. No, I get you. Almost kind of like uh, the Chargers going for the bunch on Thursday when they could have, they would have kicked a couple field goals. They would have won the game probably mm-hmm. easily. Yes. Yeah. And I think Staley, Staley is a good coach. And he, mm-hmm. no, he does, I, I agree with that. He sticks to his guns kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think almost a little bit too much. Like, I don't know. The analytics stuff, like, I get it helps, but football is not – now I'm going to put on, like, meathead football guy helmet. <laughs> football is not played on paper. Like, when you watch games, sometimes just getting points has to matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, sometimes I, I just agree. getting points has to matter. And so, like, it, it's almost I like, like you, you, you have to feel the flow of the game and make the decision there, not just – the game's going on, and then, oh, what does the spreadsheet say we have to do? Right, right. Because there are times where the Browns are – I mean, I, I like the team that's aggressive. Like, the Browns have gone for a lot on fourth down this year, and they haven't got – sometimes I'm just like, you know, points are points. Like, sometimes I don't mind taking the points sort of thing. It's like maybe if, if you had a higher – like, if they were – I think the Browns on the season are 10 to 25 when going for on fourth down. Mm-hmm. If they were 18 for 25, they're like, yeah, let's keep going for it. We're very successful, but – 10 for 25. And there, and there are a bunch of times where it's kind of like, you know, we would have gotten some points there. That would have been, you know, mm-hmm. like, you it's, don't know. It's sometimes it's just, you can't just say, oh, we would have made it there. Like that would have been a huge difference. Like you don't know what, what would have happened after that. Yes. Sort of thing. And I think just like when offenses consistently go down the field and then don't get points out of it, that's got to affect them mentally. Kind of. Like it has to affect you not putting points up on the board. So you have to find that good balance of, when to be aggressive and when to like just take what you're given kind of thing. I think we're on mm-hmm. the same page. I, I agree. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we have some breaking news right now. Okay. Break some news. Um, break it right now. You're going to love this. Tampa Bay has officially signed Le'Veon Bell. They have the killer bees 2.0. Oh my Brady Bell and Brown. Who do you dislike more, him or AB? I didn't get the answer to this. AB, AB, one hundred percent. I AB think that's is, the obvious answer. But he's the, if he's Tampa the Bay were to win a Super Bowl this year, how with Brown and Bell? Because you know Bell was on Kansas City last mm-hmm. year. How painful I, would that feel? I'd be furious. I'd be furious when when they were both playing when it was Kansas City against Tampa Bay, and I knew one of the two had to win one. I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the this, worst of the two won. Yes, this sucks so bad. I hate him so much. Um, let's transition then. I, I, let's let's go ahead. Let's just talk about Tampa Bay. Let's talk yeah. about Tampa Bay. Um, did, I don't, Ryan. I was watching this game and it, it just doesn't. New Orleans wins nine to zero. Let's get that up. okay? Yeah, because because like, I don't know. I don't know how to start talking about this game. I, I truly don't. In New Orleans, they're a little – they have a lot of injuries on offense. Like, mm-hmm. their quarterback situation right now is – I don't think they were expecting to be rolling out Taysom Hill full-time, basically. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, they lost Jameis when they beat the uh, Buccaneers the last time. And Michael yeah. Thomas hasn't played at all this season. And, you know, 
Kamara played, but he's had some injury issues. And mm-hmm. New Orleans, they're a weird team. I think they're a very well-coached team. They have a great defense, which is why they don't usually get blown out of games because mm-hmm. their defense is good enough to keep them in games. But I don't, they just have Brady's number in the regular season. Like, it makes no sense, dude. It right. makes no sense. I don't get it. Like, I'm watching that game just thinking, okay, eventually something's going to happen. Like, they're going to they're gonna bust mm-hmm. one. And now, like you said, uh, Godwin goes out, torn ACL, he's done for the year. Yeah. Um, they lose Mike Fournette and- to a hamstring who they put him on. He's going to miss the rest of the regular season, which is partially why they're signing Bell. Yes. So, he's out the rest of the regular season. Have we heard anything with Mike Evans? I think he's fine. He had like a hamstring injury or something yes. too. N- so, nothing serious. No. So Mike Evans goes out of that game too. You're down to kind of just like Gronk and whoever else you got. So Tyler like Johnson. Yeah. So Brady. Scotty Miller too. I forgot about him. Yeah. Scotty Miller is, is he's really solid too. Um, but Brady's not playing with his normal cast of guys. Like mm-hmm. you could see it's the frustration like last year in New England sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You could see the frustration, but then it's like. I still just think he's going to figure it out at some point in the game. And they never did. They never once looked like, and then on the one drive where they are rolling and Brady goes up to run and gets a couple yards, they, he fumbles. Like, yeah, it, it was so unbrady. Like I just couldn't believe what I was watching kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny about like, now that Goblin went out, they almost like Bruce Aaron says, we, they can't get rid of AB because obviously he was just, he's been hurt and he was suspended three games for the whole fake vaccine card and you know they said last year if he has any screw-ups he's out but now they you know he's too valuable to their football team they can't get rid of him sort yeah of thing. they can't afford to, to have him just right. be out yeah that's what bruce Aarons basically says we don't care what you think we can't get we can't afford to get rid of him sort mm-hmm. of like, yeah so i i just they're gonna figure out i know they're gonna figure yeah out. you can you can't doubt tampa bet like or brady no, no. and and i don't uh, once again this goes back to ironically enough the the New England thing that we kind of started with is that I don't think like this is this game is not going to be like oh Tampa Bay is now a bad team they're not a bad team no they're no. a good team but for some reason New Orleans just plays them better than any other team does they're yeah. physical with them they they get after them and so I just I, the I don't know. Brady has and, and all their like Super Bowl losses like his Super Bowl losses. I mean, I don't know if the Eagles were like this, but I know their two losses to the Giants and when they lost to Denver those couple mm-hmm. times in the playoffs is you have to hit him. Mm-hmm. You have yes. to, like, get after Brady. You have to hit him. Like, I remember that – I think it was the 2015-2016 AFC Championship game where I remember it said Brady was hit. Like, DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller just destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they went after him. Like, yeah. And I know what the Giants did. They were, It's what Tampa Bay did last year. It's when you can drop seven and rush four and cut – rush for they had a lot of success doing that yeah and get home with it mm-hmm. so yeah that's the key to beating it's kind of cliche but you, you got to get after brady like mm-hmm. you can't just let him sit back there all day yeah i i i agree i agree it's so it's interesting um i don't i mean they have carolina this week they're gonna beat carolina yeah carolina's carolina, a mess they're not good they're so not good um no. cam <laughs> cam new i i was watching uh just to get sidetracked real quick um the other day on on youtube it popped up cam newton uh in his iron bowl that last year against alabama oh yeah yeah um, that was a great game it was awesome uh, alabama goes up like 24 to 0 mm-hmm. they had julio jones in the first half had like 178 
receiving yards and two touchdowns. Um, at the time, they had Mark Ingram and uh, old buddy Trent McCarran Richardson. Right, or... No, that was McElroy still. McElroy, so okay, McElroy okay, yeah, was still there. Back. Yes, and it was I, like McElroy started the game with like 13 or 14 straight completions. It was insane. I couldn't believe it. Um, and then Cam Newton, they slowly chisel back, chisel back, chisel back, uh, and end up winning that game. But, yeah, it's – this Cam Newton is not the same Cam Newton that we're used to seeing kind of thing. No, I think he's had too many injuries. I think a lot of those hits are catching up to him. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I have nothing else in this game. I was watching it. I was like, I was like the meme with the, the guy poking the world, like saying, do something. It, that, <laughs> that was me. I was like, Tampa Bay, just, okay, start doing something. And they never did. And that's the first time what you said since 2012 or Six. 13. Six, yeah, 2006, first time that Tom Brady's been shut out in a game. Um, yeah, I think that they come out and destroy uh, the Panthers this week. I agree too. Yeah. Um, so Ryan, let's finish up with this last game. Um, because I don't really have any feelings about the Chicago game, and yeah, and that I game know was we're awesome. Too. Yep. So. Let's start with this. I wish that the NFL would have a five o'clock Monday game every week. It was awesome. It was the yeah, sweetest no, it was. thing ever. Like, um, now Vegas sixteen, Cleveland fourteen. Ryan, the Browns fought their asses off, though. They did. There, there are no moral victories in the NFL, especially mm-hmm. at this time because. The Browns win the game. They're in first place. And they lost, which they're there in last place sort of thing. It just – it makes – this was the one game, especially what they have Green Bay this week. Like, they needed to get that game to the, with the Raiders because mm-hmm. it, it was just so important because how they end the season, they end the season with the uh, Packers, Steelers, and Bengals. So, obviously, see, the, the Browns are, aren't out of it. They still can – they really they have to win their last two games. But – and, obviously – Beating Green Bay would be huge too, but yeah, just to get back to this game, it was just so like my emotions just just <laughs> how the game started. They just weren't doing anything offensively. Like mm-hmm. all the Raiders did, and the Raiders do not have a good rush defense. They just loaded the box because they knew to, okay, we don't think Nick Mullins can beat us deep. And they just loaded the box and they really you know shut down Chubb in the first half. Mm-hmm. Now Kurt Warner said this during the game, and he was absolutely right. In a game like this where you're missing a whole bunch of guys, I think they had 25 guys out, and I think 18 of them were starters, mm-hmm. whether offense or defense. And missing um, Stefanski. Yeah, and Stefanski. Um, your superstars have to play like superstars, and your role players are like have to – basically, you you can't screw up. You, you have to almost be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that uh, drop that Donovan Peoples-Jones had on their second drive of the game was – that was killer. Like yes. Now, Nick Mullins, if you watch, he actually kind of slips before he throws it. So he kind of underthrew him. If now Mullins, I don't think he has a very strong arm. I mean, his deep ball really wasn't. He had hit probably he had a couple of wobblers when he was throwing. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, if he doesn't slip, then he maybe can lead hit DPJ in stride. He might have scored on the play. I don't know. Yeah. And I was amazed because he was right by the side. My first one, like, would he have even been in bounds? And yeah, he would have. But that was huge right there. And then missing the field goal at the end of the first half was. You don't know what it would have done, because, but it was obviously killer because I was watching it with my brother. We were having this debate. 
if they would have made that field goal and let's say it's 13 to 10 and you know when they're down when they would they have mm-hmm. gone for them fourth down and five inside the 10 yard line if they would have made that field goal in your opinion probably yeah because they got the momentum right yeah and, and mm-hmm. i i think i think they still would have for a couple reasons because i think it's like all right we don't get it here i think this is their mindset because they're 13 7 we don't get it the raiders are inside the 10 yard line sort of thing mm-hmm. so we, we can stop. We have three timeouts. We can totally stop and get the ball back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, w- I agree with going for it on fourth down. And, mm-hmm. you know, Nick Mullins made just a scramble. Great play. If you watched it, Harrison Bryant literally got tackled when he's running that. Mullins is, like, running that way. Bryant's still on the ground. He literally just gets right back up, and he's like, I'm wide open. Mm-hmm. He c- catches it. Touchdown. I see there's a flag. I'm like, oh, Lord, what's it? And then I see the Raiders players are kind of just standing there. So I'm like, you know, no one's pointing. The Harrison Bryant kind of does the motion. Like, it's on yeah. them. Touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's go. We got this. But then it's kind of like, can the defense – the defense wasn't terrible. I mean, the Raiders did a good job of not letting Miles Garrett, like, go off because I think they really just focused mm-hmm. on him. But the Browns are second – yeah, they had Ward and Greedy and John Johnson, but they did not have anybody else behind Johnson at safety. So they just attacked MJ Stewart and – Javante Moffitt, who I think he actually played pretty well for a guy who's been pretty much a special teams player majority of the year. And, but, and was that – so with Miles Garrett, you brought him up. Is that a groin? Was I, They didn't really address anything after the game, what, whether he had an injury or not. So Because he definitely looked, looked like it. hobbled. He looked slow. Because I was wondering – because I was like, is he even, are they even going to have him out there? Because I was like, mm-hmm. is he just going to be in for like pass rush situation sort of thing? Because he – I remember – in the playoff game against the Chiefs last year, he tweaked something, and they were only using him in pass rush situations. Um, but let me ask you this. After they get the interception, and they have third down and three, which right before the two-minute warning, and it's kind of like basically if they get the first down, that's the ball game because the Raiders had no timeouts. And this has been debated. It's one of those things where it's because they didn't get it. Would you have thrown the ball there? I'm going to get your opinion because – my thinking, I was going to tell you my thought process. Well, okay, so three yards, and Nick Chubb's yeah. the best player on the field. Why? Like, I, I had zero issues with the call, but I noticed this. He was having his best runs when they were running to the left side. They tried running to the right, so I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't they just run to the left or something? Yeah, and I think the left was the wide side of the field too. So mm-hmm. I, I would understand overloading that side, putting a tight end or two over there, and then going Chubb to the left and giving him a little bit more space to run. Mm-hmm. I. I am pro I am pro run the ball there because I am too. You either get it and everything's good. You don't get it and clock's gonna run. Now yeah. you throw the ball and don't get it, it's an incomplete pass, clock stops, and now the Raiders have even more time, which yeah. I mean kudos to kudos to uh Carr. Like that last drive was really well put together. And he made the plays he needed to mm-hmm. um, to get them into field goal range. But if you give him even more time, like we saw what he could do, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. the Browns defense looked tired. And I, I they're the pretty depleted I, too. Mm-hmm. Like the only reason I brought up the Miles Garrett thing is because you could you could tell he didn't look the same. Mm-hmm. And then when they when the Raiders came back out, I said if Miles Garrett can't go, that changes everything for what. He was the, the one guy on their defense who they could not afford to lose in this sort of situation because mm-hmm. they already lost Tack McKinley uh, towards Achilles, which really yeah. sucks because he was having a pretty good season. But mm-hmm. um, they needed Garrett out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And see, I, I was in, I was kind of debating with my brother about this. I was like, why not call a pass play, but maybe do like a bootleg with Mullins where it's kind of like, just if, if there's nobody there, just try to run and just get that, make sure that clock keeps moving. Like, yes, just take a sack if you have to, because as depleted as the Browns O-line was, they didn't, they weren't awful. Like they, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't give up any sacks. I mean, obviously, you know, the Raiders just kind of overloaded the box, but they, they only had like one, maybe two holding penalties. Mm-hmm. They had the one in the red zone, but yeah, which didn't really t- matter because they were able to score. Was that on? Um, but, was that on Teller? Yeah, it was on Teller. He he. I love watching Wyatt Teller play football, dude. He's a uh, monster. He's amazing. And then, but he did have. I think he had two holding calls in the in the game. Were they both on him? I yeah, think okay. they were both on him. And I knew that one in the in the red zone was him for sure. Um, it is amazing I, to me how like quickly he's improved. Like, mm-hmm. but let's go back week seven because they get, they acquired him right before the twenty nineteen season from Buffalo for like a seventh or fifth or seventh round pick. Um. He kind of took over as a starter at right guard, like midway through the season. He was benched their week 17 game against the Bengals. Let's fast forward to 2020. By week four, Pro Football Focus had him ranked like the third best, third highest ranked player, like in the league, behind like Rodgers and Aaron Donald or something, mm-hmm. which shows you how quickly he, like him, how fast he improved. Like you forget kind of, you know, right guard was kind of a question mark for the Browns because uh, they, had, they drafted a guy named Drew Forbes who they thought was going to challenge him for that job in 2020, but he opted out of the season. And Wyatt Teller just – it's just amazing how quickly he improved from, you know, getting benched yeah. at the end of the season, last game the year before, to, like, the early, like third game in the year, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Like, it shows you how quickly he's improved. And mm-hmm. releasing Odell was able to help the Browns save some money to extend him. Mm-hmm. Him and yeah. Joel Batonio. So – um. Yeah, I thought the the Browns' ability to again, like you said, there's no moral victories. Yeah. We've said it before. I think the two cliches that we always go off of are there's no moral victories, and you never apologize for winning in this league. Right? No. Like no. however you win, you win. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Raiders but, aren't going to apologize for beating a depleted Browns team. No, but the Browns fought their asses off. Like I said, I, I was I was thoroughly impressed with how much how how depleted they were but how much they fought to get back in that game. Um, if, if you notice this, like after – I love Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. That turnover really, like, gave the, the Browns offense mm-hmm. some life because they finally had the ball, like, at midfield. They complete a little screen pass to Njoku on their mm-hmm. first down to get him, like, inside the 40. And then once Mullins was able to get into a rhythm, that opened up the run game, if you notice. Mm-hmm. And he Mullins made some good throws at the end of the game. Like, the third down pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones – was it a great catch? The, like where he like caught it, like kind of like he was running over the middle. It was a little high. And he he had to yes. reach back to get it. He he had that, two big third down conversion catches that were yeah. That, like, After and made up for his two drops in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like he had the other one where he kind of dove for, which yep. wasn't an easy catch, but a catch he probably could have should have made sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he made two huge catches when they needed it. And mm-hmm. then, but I was actually very impressed with Mullins. I mean, obviously. You know, you didn't you didn't know what type of performance you're going to get out of a guy like that because obviously he started. This is his 17th career start. He's had a little success. You know, he's only five and eleven, yeah, or five and twelve now as a starter. But he played about as good of a game as he probably could could expect. Yeah, yeah, you could expect kind of thing. And he put them in line for the win too. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, good news, bad news for the Browns moving forward. 
And sorry, Raiders fans, all like seven of you. We're not going to talk much about the Raiders, whatever. You won the game. Who cares? Uh, you find a new head coach. Um, <laughs> uh, good news, bad news for the Browns. You ready, Ryan? <laughs> Go for it. Bad news. Like you said, you play the Packers. You play the Steelers, who the Steelers typically play the Browns really well no matter what. And it's then, such in Pittsburgh. That's a Monday night game, too. And then you end with the Bengals. And the Bengals are no slouch either. So you have that three game could be, be three like tough a playoff games. spot, honestly. Yes. Now good. That's why ready? winning this game was so important. Like, because I, I was saying this, like after the bye, I've said they had to go four and one their last uh, five games. I think everybody kind of assumed the Green Bay one would mm-hmm. most likely be a loss, but you know, the most infuriating part is that the Browns were healthy or had maybe one or two more guys back from COVID, they win this game easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, it's like, yeah, that's part of what makes it sting so much. It's like they, you know, they would have won the game easily if they had everybody healthy. But with that being said, they still like, had their chances and they just didn't get it done. Yeah. Now, good news, Ryan. You ready? Mm-hmm. The AFC North is so wide open, it's insane. It is. It's like, insane. The Browns might be in last, but they have their game out of first. And each team has a – nobody has an – every. Steelers and uh, Bengals both, both have to play Kansas City. Yes. Um, Baltimore is very bank. Baltimore's got to play the the Bengals here this week. Man, uh, who do they have after that? I mean, you you know, you want to look it up. Bengals have to. I got you. Uh, I got yeah. you. Stats guy, looking it up. Come on, stats guy. <laughs> um, that's that. So no, I think that like the the Steelers have have a tough go to end the year as well. Um, like we just mentioned, Man the Browns, Baltimore, the Steelers, yeah. So uh, the Browns end with the Bengals, so. Yeah. Um, and all four – those two games could have playoff implications for both of them. Like Yeah. Baltimore goes to Cincinnati this, this weekend, like you said. Um, they then have to play uh, – they play the Rams at home the week after. Uh, so it just depends on what kind of Rams team you get. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and with, and, uh, with the Steelers at home. So they go away, home, home. Um, and like we said, the Bengals play uh, this week. They have Baltimore, Baltimore, and then KC, and then they end with the Browns. With the Browns. So each team has like a really tough game, and then a couple like it's it, it's you know the Browns aren't out of it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, but winning that game really could have put them in a better spot, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess that's good news, bad news for you. Like you, that, that and hopefully they should have the most, if not everybody, back against Green Bay. Because mm-hmm. Stefanski said Mayfield is should be should be the starter Saturday. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and you should, yeah, you should have Stefanski back. You should have a good handful of everybody back, and and I think any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody. So I, the Packers I, I, aren't unbeatable, as we saw. Now, how worried are you about? the fact that Aaron Rodgers hates his family and doesn't have to worry about them on Christmas day. <laughs> Very nervous. Yes. That's partially why I was kind of like, all right, that's probably the game. They're probably going to drop sort of thing. I, I I asked Al too. I was like, do you think they purposely had green Bay play on that day? Because they knew Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be with his family. And so he could probably play, play the best. He like best game out of anybody. It's got to be considered <laughs> has to be right. considered. Um, another interesting thing to think about. Browns under Stefanski have only been below five a below five hundred team twice. That was after week 
they were 0-1 last year and this year. And they've been 4-4, four 5-5, and 6-6, four, five and, five, six and, six, and now 7-7. Seven and seven. They were able to win that next game. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, Ryan, I was telling out. One of my favorite things about you is, is like, when I watch the Steelers, I – I know throughout the week, I'm like, especially this year, it's like, I don't want them to lose. You never want your team to lose. No, but when no. they start losing, I start to spin it. It's like, oh, we'll have a better draft pick. We'll do this, blah, blah, blah. The thing I love about you, Ryan, is you always find the the ways that the Browns could pull it out. Like, you find something right. that it's like, oh, well, the Browns have never done this. So, like, blah, blah, blah. And, and so, I, I commend you on that. I love it so much uh, because right. I'm, I'm the pessimist side of – yeah, I've cancel. always been kind of an optimist, looking yes. at the bright side type of person. Can't cancel the season. It's over. Forget it. We're done. Right. So, <laughs> I uh, but I love it. Well, anyway, Ryan, fantastic recap episode. I loved it. Um, this was great. This one was good. Yeah. This was a good one. This was a good one. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember to subscribe, download, rate, review, do all those things. Uh, and like I said, we got something uh, in the works for our Friday episode. Uh, that I'm super excited about. I think Ryan's excited about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit different. Uh, so we're going to get that, get that worked up and get it to you. But uh, until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks for listening. You're going to enjoy it Friday.